0: Wrestling fans, are you ready?
1: For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiots.
0: Such a matcha thong wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed.
1: This ain't Monday Night Raw!
0: This fight won. It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio here today for September 14th, 2017. I'm Graham GSM Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Before we get started with today's stack show, I just do want to mention one thing that I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, that this week I would be airing my exclusive interview with the members of the creative team of GFW, Scott DeMore, Big John Gaborik, and Sanjay Dutt. Now, that was part of the conference call that GFW hosts every single week. And last week, if you haven't already heard it, check out my exclusive interview with Johnny Mundo. Johnny Impact, John Morrison, whatever you want to call him. Great dude, nonetheless. Uh, it was pretty brief. I only got to ask him three questions. But I got to ask him about his the origin of his ring name, his relationship with The Miz, if they still keep in contact, his journey to GFW, and all this other stuff. So it came out to about five minutes long. So it airs at the beginning of last week's episode of Rant Radio. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, the conference call this week did host the members of the creative team like I said I was part of the conference call but I had to leave early and by the time I had to leave I couldn't ask any questions I had some sort of malfunction on my end so I did did get to hear a majority of it and it was pretty entertaining enlightening, informative stuff Uh, a lot of the highlights are already up on various dirt sheets from Wrestling to NoDQ.com and all these other websites so check them out if you haven't already there's really nothing I can add that's not already out there so I'm hoping if they hold another conference call next week, I will continue to be a part of it, uh, assuming my schedule allows me to, because I am a bit busy on Wednesdays and Tuesdays sometimes, and that's usually when they're held. And I can be a part of it, and I can air part of that interview, whoever I talk to, whoever's on the line, for next week's Rant Radio. But we have a great show, an even better show, arguably, than it would have had otherwise, with Brandon Dross here today, now Brandon has been on WrestleRant Radio before, I believe he appeared originally for the first and only time today before today obviously, um, after the Wrestlemania 32 show, our post-Wrestlemania show back in April of 2016, so a year and a half ago, I know we talked around Royal Rumble time earlier this year, I don't think he was on, he was at the Royal Rumble, I don't think he was on the show though, so it was long overdue. Very happy to have him back on the show here today to talk about a variety, a plethora of topics from the latest events on Raw and SmackDown, Kevin Owens attacking Mr. McMahon, the finals of the Mae Young Classic, uh, John Cena versus Roman Reigns coming up, No Mercy, the rumors of a John Cena versus Undertaker match possibly taking place at Survivor Series later on this year, WrestleMania plans, all this other great stuff, Adam Cole being in NXT, the current state of Ring of Honor, and plenty of other topics, indie talents to watch out for. Uh, we talked for well over an hour, had a great time talking to Brandon, always do. So our conversation kicks off with us talking about Ring of Honor real quick before we kind of get back on track with the show. I was already recording anyway, so I kind of cut it up. So henceforth, the abrupt intro. But nonetheless, enjoy our conversation. You can check Brandon out on the Twitter machine at Brandon. B-R-A-N-D-E-N underscore Dross, D-R-O-S-S, on the Twitter machine, myself at WrestleRant. Uh, We've been friends now for over six years, just about six years, and he tells a funny story at the end how he originally thought when we met over Twitter that he thought I was from the UK, which is pretty funny. So stay tuned through the whole show. It's a great conversation. Enjoy, folks.
1: What I've been doing a lot now, though, lately is like... If I have a little bit of time And like I'll drink a beer Like on a Saturday night I'll put on like a Like a pretty chill Or like What happened mm-hmm. when so I listen to them As they drop And I'll, I'll go back And watch like 1996 World Wild Or I'll go back And like watch like You know SummerSlam 89 And things like that Like I'll pick and choose it Kind of you know as, as like a conversation piece of a podcast. Yes. But even then, like I'm fast forwarding half the class, and I'm always sticking on certain things. You know, mm-hmm. it's more of like the you know the, the stories of the podcast and stuff. And that's kind of entertaining. But I, you know, I'm an old guy, so <laughs> it's a little different for me because I live through that stuff and to go back and be like, oh, I haven't watched this in 20 years. Holy crap! You know, things like <laughs> yeah. that. But you know, if I'm trying. I'm trying to pick and choose, and I'm trying to watch New Japan because my buddy got a subscription to it. Mm-hmm. so I'm trying to watch that stuff and Ring of Honor, the weekly shows. But yep. I mean, it's kind of ass- lately, you know, mm-hmm. but you know. That's my opinion. I feel like uh, the Ring of Honor TV show has kind of diminished, you know, how it was a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wasn't watching, like, during the original days of, like, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I've only really been tuning in for the past couple years to Ring of Honor. And it's been a good show. But like you said, it's not like, oh, my God, you need to see it. Like, that's the thing with Ring of Honor. Either sometimes, like, their pay-per-views are out of this world more often than not. But the weekly television show it's just I don't know it's, it's, it can be very hit or miss sometimes
1: yeah and I think now because like, like when the show was on HDNet it was pretty good but then when they started the syndication program it was like top notch matches and now I'm getting like a wrestling challenge superstars a thing off everything are like uh, you'll have a jobber match it seems like a, a new guy coming up against an established guy and then you get an okay main event and I feel like that's it stood out from the rest of the wrestling programs cuz it was non-stop action you'd have top you know, you'd have good matches and now it's all like okay you're getting you're getting the, the the big match at the end and like the, mm-hmm. the, the preceding matches aren't that good you know but that's just me you know
0: no i completely agree yeah like the show is there's just not a lot of consistency there cuz they film sometimes out of order and they'll have a pay-per-view and they don't do yeah. the follow up for like 4 or 5 weeks it's very inconsistent, but that's kind of what you get with the Ring of Honor. But before we go any further, I'll probably chop up the podcast because I've been recording for the past couple of minutes, and we'll just, I'll include some parts of what we are talking about with the Ring of Honor and just kind of go from here. Uh, so for people listening, cool, cool. this is it's WrestleRant Radio, and back for the first time in, I think, a year and a half? Because we had you on, Brandon, for the post-WrestleMania 32 show, is that correct? Yeah, I, I thought I may have done
1: the Royal Rumble weekend uh, recently in January, but I, I probably... I probably did, and I was probably talking to myself. But, yeah, yeah it's been a while, and, um, uh, you know, it's always good to hear, hear hear a good buddy of mine for a long time. Uh, hopefully one day I'll meet coming up with some of these big events coming up in the next couple of years so we can kind of, you know, meet in person. But, yeah, you know, back at it. You know, love the show. Love talking wrestling with you.
0: Definitely, dude. Yeah, it's been a long time. I tell you, every single time it comes around because, you know, I'm fucking weird with dates and shit. I met you through Twitter six years ago, which is almost unheard of nowadays, because a lot of people have either left Twitter or whatever, so the fact that I've been able to talk to you on and off for so long, for the past six years, and really not on and off, it's pretty, been pretty consi- consistent through Twitter since then... Uh, through everything through yeah. college and you doing grad school and everything else has been pretty cool and you're sticking through wrestling and there's a lot of people that I've been following since that point in time that have either you you know, fallen out or whatever just don't watch as regularly and you know it's hard to keep up we were talking about before we went on the air there's just so much content let alone with just WWE but not only just that but you know between New Japan and Ring of Honor and everything else like how is it for you to kind of keep up?
1: It's hard, you know. Uh, you know, I you know I have a nine-year-old, and um, I'm I'm coaching his baseball. I'm on a I'm on a school board out here in San Antonio. Um, you know, grad school's kicking my butt. Um, you know, I just I'm transitioning to a new job, so I kind I kind of pick and choose. And you know, now I don't want to get I don't want to get burnt out on the product like I did in the 2006-2007. The, because the mm-hmm. right at the WrestleMania 24, I was burnt out, and that was with nothing. That was just a SmackDown and Raw. And like, you know Raw was still two hours at the time, but like it was like. Eh, you know, I, I kind of fell out a little bit. Shawn Michaels had, you know, uh, was you know had just retired with Flair. I had moved uh, from New York to San Antonio, starting a family and doing other things, and wrestling was the back burner. And then when I come back in 2011, and I think um, I think it was right before right before I got on Twitter, I see people, CM Punk just dropped a pipe bomb. I'm like, whoa, 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 we whoa. see this, and I put on Raw, and I see the pipe bomb. And I, I know not only myself, but there's a few other people who got hooked back in with that CM Punk pipe bomb. Like, well, I haven't watched because I was, I was, I was in like a wrestling sucks, it's fake. come me watch boxing, which was a horrible thing to go through. I don't know why <laughs> I boxing that. I feel like it's like football. It's barbaric. It's stupid, and it kills people. And it, it you know, and then uh, you know, I got hooked in that that CM Punk pipe bomb. And I since then I've been pretty consistent with the wrestling. But, you know, like you had mentioned, there's so much going on, you know, 205 Live, which I've probably maybe watched an hour of it since it started, you know, and then I, I try to keep up with NXT, but NXT, sometimes I feel, you know, it doesn't capitalize on those takeover shows until mm-hmm. about a week or two after, and then, like, people get lost, like Cash Sono or Atami, and then you have to wait two to see something, you know, but that's a taping schedule, and that's how that they go,
0: yeah. and then Raw being
1: three hours, you know, baseball, <clears throat> baseball season's heating up, and all this stuff, I have so many, so much things, I can barely watch TV, so it's hard, so I give you all the credit for being able to be, be my recap, you know, through the hidden remote, and through uh, through the podcast that you do, so, yeah. you know, I, I don't listen to all the podcasts that you do, but I try to listen to, you know, one, one a month, or, you know, try to listen to, but, you know, having that, that, that window closed when I'm on my phone kind of sucks, but hey, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's one of the time.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. But, yeah, I mean, like we were talking about on Twitter a couple weeks ago, you've been on my ass about this for, like, three or four years. And I completely I, I, completely agree. I need to get this fucking show on iTunes. I just don't know how to do so. Like, I've gone through websites, and I'm the type of person that I just need someone to do it for me because I just can't figure it out. And if I can't figure it out, I just literally just give up. So hopefully at some point we can get it on iTunes so we don't have that issue anymore where if you close the, uh, the window on your phone – It just disappears or whatever, and you kind of have to fast-forward through all the other shit. But, I mean, we will get that done. I promise, if only for you, Brandon, we will get that accomplished at some point in the near future. Uh, But you mentioned earlier that you were at the Royal Rumble many, many months ago, earlier this year. I don't think I—I'm sure I talked to you about it just to get your on-site report. I don't know if we had you on the show. I know we had you on after WrestleMania. I'm not sure about the Rumble. but. Quickly, for those that, uh, you know, if we didn't get it on air, what was your experience like at the Rumble in front of 70,000, 80,000 people? And that was in, no, that was in San Antonio. That was the, the Alamo Dome in, in San Antonio. And do you have any other plans to go any other future wrestling shows in the near future? Because I, I know you go to a lot of uh, indie shows, too. Yeah, well, um, well first off, um, this Royal
1: Rumble was a, was a big, like, major life event for me. Uh, because, um, you know, that 1997 Royal Rumble, Yep. Before I moved to San Antonio, living in New York, I just was always obsessed with the Alamo Dome. And when you come in, hopefully one day you'll get to visit San Antonio. It's a great city, low cost of living, great food, beautiful women. Um, you drive by downtown, you see this gigantic structure. It looks so out of place. And you know, you know, know, being in public administration and knowing the politics of the city and how that got built and what had to happen for that to get built – you know, uh, hindsight is just a beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a little outdated. You know, it was built cheaply. Try to so get a football team. It didn't work. But I've always ever, ever, always watched the 97 Royal Rumble. I was always amazed by that. And everybody I know, even who aren't wrestling fans to this day, was there. You know, and they had 65, 70,000 people then. This time, you know, the, the upper deck was topped off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most of it was. I was in the upper deck right above the ring. Um, but most of it was topped off. You know, it was, it was a great experience. I felt the evolved shows. And NXT shows were, were a lot better. Um, I, was only, I was able to go to the Friday Night Evolve show, which was really good. Um, and, uh, you know, the experience there was great. You know, my, my son my, my son's first peak review. Um, but, you know, look, look into the future. Survivor Issues is coming up in Houston. Um, I'm thinking about doing that. And, uh, you know, um, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of the Purchase Show podcast. They'll be doing a live show right before that, as well as Jim Ross. So I'm hoping to, maybe, uh, you know, take some time away from the family and school. To maybe drive out to Houston, it's only about two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, obviously with Hurricane Harvey and whatnot, um, plans are still there. But I know the down, I know the the downtown area, which is where this where the people of you will be at, is still kind of shook up. So hopefully, uh, you know, everything everything come, comes back. You know, in time, you know, not just for my benefit, but the, you know, for, uh, for the residents of Houston and stuff.
0: Yeah, man, I completely forgot to ask you. Now with like Irma going on, that kind of obviously passed and whatnot. But how were you affected by Harvey a few weeks ago? How you doing?
1: We got we got some really really bad rain. Um, We were supposed to get hit. People, of course, are hoarding water, selling water at you know exaggerated prices. Uh, We had a gas shortage here about a week and a half ago. Um, You know, gas is only at about two hundred five, two ten out here, and Mm -hmm. right now it's pushing two ninety nine. Wow. So it's real tough, um, you know. uh, But you know, the the city bounced back. It was just some pretty much heavy rain. Um, But you know, you know, other parts of Texas, Rockport, Corpus Christi. Um, just completely wiped out. There's a city of about ten thousand people that aren't still that aren't allowed to go back until you know about another year or two, and um, so there's a lot of volunteering going on, and you know, you know, but you know, Texas, you know, Texas strong, you know, you know, there's been a lot, you know, going on with JJ Watt, who's a football player, for Texans trying to raise some money, um, some podcasts, some sport personalities, um, you know, and luckily, Florida didn't get hit as much as they were supposed to, um, you know, you know, that's another major economic region for our country. So luckily, hopefully, this you know these hurricanes you know kind of wipe out in the Atlantic and you know th- don't, don't impact anybody else. But yeah, it's been a really sad time, and hopefully, you know the country's coming together um, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. So I'm kind of glad to see that right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. No, it's just weird. I mean, usually you'll get like a bad hurricane, like we had Sandy here a few years ago, and you'll get like Katrina, obviously, which was absolutely atrocious over a decade ago. You'll have hurricanes here and there, and then some mini ones you don't really hear too much about, but between Harvey, Irma, and I'm not really sure what happened to Jose. If that's the whole thing, if that kind of died out, I really haven't stayed up to date on that. But in the matter of all, like, a week or two, this has wiped out cities completely. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I guess we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's cool to see them doing a lot of advertisement for it. Well, do you watch Raw? You said you watch it on DVR. Do you watch it on Hulu at all? I know a lot of people who do that nowadays.
1: Um, I tried, the Hulu I, I try to uh, but I, I rather just because a lot of times I think w- I may want to see on the on the Hulu that you know I think it's only like a ninety minute show yep and um, you know it, it cuts out some things I may want to see I you know, I just DVR. It's easier to just, you know put on the cable box instead of putting on the PlayStation Four and then you know logging into Hulu, finding the program, starting it, going through the commercials because you can't fast forward the commercials on Hulu. So I just I just DVR and if I see something I may like or I'll read about it ahead of time. -hmm.
0: Stop back and go watch it, so yeah, it's weird. I, I felt when you were talking about earlier, I'm not sure if we got it on the show or not, but when you were saying earlier how you'll DVR through some stuff, and it's really hard to keep up with everything going on nowadays, you're not the only one. I know almost every single one of my wrestling friends nowadays does not watch a complete episode of Raw, and even me, like when I'm watching Raw live, and nowadays I really can't because I have school when uh, when Raw and Smackdown are on, which is a first for me. I'll only really skip through I'll skip through all the entrances, all the commercials, all the backstage shit that means nothing and uh which it's in the school they're bringing up like Hurricane Harvey uh relief stuff and all that cool stuff but beyond that a lot of what happens on Raw nowadays especially as we enter the fall It's very missable, so it's hard for people to kind of keep up to date with the important stuff. But it was a pretty notable week in wrestling this past week anyway. I know we talked via DM on Twitter um, just yesterday about what we'd be talking about on the show here today. Between the big show, you know, getting taken out by Braun Strowman last week, and Braun Strowman taking on John Cena on this week's Raw and the Kevin Owens, Mr. McMahon stuff. It was a pretty newsworthy week between Raw and SmackDown. Any one topic uh, stand out to you, Brandon?
1: Um, you know, uh, I, I love that Vince. You know, uh, you know, blading himself because you he, he could tell he was using like a new skin. But with that headbutt, that headbutt shot was great television. You know, um, you know, I, I like Kevin Steen as a heel, even though he's more of a chicken shit heel. With, with, with this, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna, you know, da da da. Kevin Steen of the past I never do that, but I do like the interaction with Vince McMahon. It's always good to get him on television. It's good for SmackDown because, uh, if I can recall, I think. Uh, um, I think they had said it for the first time in like a few years on SmackDown. Yep. So, so it's always good to get Vince Man on television, you know, he, he feeds his ego, and then he comes out and advances the storyline. I don't like Shane you know, wrestling, you know, like, and, and, you know, it, it's a small pay-per-view, it's not a SummerSlam, but I don't, I don't want to see Shane in another Hell in a Cell match, you know. I want to you know, see Kevin Steen, you know, feud with somebody significant, you know. I want to see him in Nakamura, I want to see him in Randy Orton. Just somebody, even if we've seen it before. Just, I, I just think you know. Obviously, what's gonna happen is he's probably. I, I hope he wins because if Shane McMahon beats Kevin Steen, and you went completely the wrong way. I don't know if I'm thinking about this differently from you, but I don't. I don't see. I don't see how this feud, unless unless they're gonna push him into a main, you know, back to the back to the top flight of the SmackDown, because. You know, with that AJ Styles uh, feud, even though some of the highlights of the cards and the pay-per-views, mm-hmm. it was kind of a step down from the Randy Orton, Ginger Mahal stuff and the Nakamura uh, Mahal stuff. So hopefully, this may be a sign to where he beats the destroy Shane McMahon, and then hopefully Nakamura can become champion. They'll feud, you know, going in, you know, going into Survivor Series and you know into the winter winter months. How's your take on that?
0: No, I agree, too. I mean, I think the feud, they did tease it at one point a while ago. Like, Blinken, you missed it, but about, like, in the springtime of 2016, it looked like we would get a Shane and KO feud before KO went to SmackDown and the whole brand split happened and it never came to fruition. Um, but I like that they're doing it now. I mean, I was already looking forward to the feud, but after what we did this past week, after what they did this past week on SmackDown, and I agree, I thought the angle was excellent, and they made Owens look out, and they made him out to look like a completely vicious heel. And like you said, we really yeah. have not gotten that side of Owens really at all in WWE. They did it when he first arrived in NXT. They teased it when he turned on Jericho earlier this year, and then he got beat by Goldberg in a minute, and it didn't matter. And then after that, he really went back to being that chicken shit heel, like you said. Um, but I want to bring this up to you, too, because we were talking about Ring of Honor at the start of the show. I was watching Owens' DVD that came out, the WWE one that came out a few months ago, and it's really, really good, and they showed highlights. They showed a lot of footage from his Ring of Honor days. And they recapped the whole angle that he did with Jim Cornette and the management and authority in Ring of Honor. And Owens, I mean, he's always been great, but he was on fucking fire during that feud. He was like the hottest thing going in wrestling at that point. That was four or five years ago. And I think if they can tap into that Kevin Owens as a heel in WWE, like you said, I think he can be a real... I mean, he's already been a world champion, but I think he can be a real money player for this company going forward. And like you said, I think he would have to beat Shane. I know Shane's already lost to... AJ Styles and The Undertaker in another Hell in a Cell match last year, so he's entering his second or his third Hell in a Cell match altogether in his career. But he's going to have to lose that match. I cannot fathom an outcome where Owens loses on pay-per-view again, uh, this time to Shane McMahon, who gains nothing from the victory at all. And it's not like Shane's going to become a regular member of the roster and he shouldn't. But I want to ask you this, too. I literally just published an article right before we went live here uh, because I was thinking about it yesterday. Do you think that this feud between what we've already seen so far between Shane and Owens and what we saw on Tuesday between Owens and Vince and Stephanie coming out afterwards to Vince's aid, do you think this could be planting the seeds for a bigger feud down the road, maybe heading into WrestleMania between Kevin Owens and Triple H? And is that something that you would want to say?
1: I was just going to mention that. I did not read your article because I was obviously doing a grad school paper. (laughs) You know, which papers come first before Twitter's uh, (laughs) tweets. But yeah, I was actually just going to try to cut you off and say that. I feel like, okay, because Triple H, he, he, no matter what he does, he's one of those legends. He's always going to get a pop. Yeah. people love seeing him. Granted, the whole you know Roman Reigns feud at, uh, at, at WrestleMania 32, um, people want to see Triple H. They like seeing him in, in bits and pieces, and we haven't seen him since WrestleMania. So I think by having him come back to the eight events and beating the shit out of Kevin Steen, maybe maybe this happens at the pay per view. Maybe you know because now that you have John Cena on the Raw side, which I felt. You know, obviously there was you know there's a motive between you know to, to put over Reigns and Strowman you know going you know going into that part time role, but you know Cena leaving SmackDown you, you know Randy bjorns a star, but he's not he, you know he's never going to be the star that John Cena was the face yep. you know he has attitude issues and he's got problems backstage we we've all heard about, but bringing somebody like Triple H and Stephanie now to the SmackDown side and kind of leaving you know Kurt Angle alone on the on on the Raw side that can make. Because I already think SmackDown's the the better show. It wrestling is wrestling show. Yep. Obviously, you know, you know some of the players like Sami Zayn and the women could be bigger players. But I feel like Triple H coming into this feud, maybe maybe Kevin Steen just beats the crap out of Shane and held himself, and he's bloody, and maybe they need to, they need to have blood in this match. Mm-hmm. They have to, and maybe this this McMahon headbutt was a precursor to that. Maybe they're saying, okay, you know what, I'll I'll do a little bit of blood, but you know this is going to lead to Shane getting bloody, then maybe he just destroys Shane. This is a way to write off Shane for a while, you know, because I'm sure people are bored of Shane, seeing him come every week and do his little strut and leave, leave Daniel Bryan as the authority figure. And then maybe at the end of the match, when, when the cell comes out, right, Triple H comes out, something you got to maybe playing the seeds for Survivor Series or maybe just Triple H, you know, every once in a while, you know, tease something, you know, to WrestleMania, you know, because obviously he did a great job last year with Seth Rollins. You know, it, 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 it took Stephanie off TV for a while. Um, you know, and now maybe planting the seeds. But we also know WWE reacts too quickly. They're gonna want to, you know, pull the trigger at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. We need it. We need to see a four or five month build on something like this. It'll make it mean a lot more. It'll be okay. When should Blade show up next? Tune in on SmackDown. You know, oh, they're gonna show up this week. Will it be next week? And get social media involved in it and get people talking about it. And it's kind trying to bring us back to older way of wrestling. Like, is he gonna show up? Is he not? Let it not happen for six weeks. All of a sudden, in the match, you Triple H needs make go off. Kevin Steen gets paranoid, and then like loses the match to whoever Aiden English or Shane Zayn. Something to build the seeds. But that's just me. That's what I want to see. It's probably not going to happen in terms of the long term build. But there's always riskful thinking in wrestling, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they got to book this, I don't want to say better, but at least differently than what they did with Rollins last year. Because they had Triple H come back yeah. out of nowhere, cost uh, Rollins the championship, align himself seemingly with Kevin Owens, which they can always tap into if they did the Triple H-Owens feed, obviously, given their history and how Triple H brought him into WWE to begin with and how you now he has to kill the monster that he created, blah, blah, blah. But they had Triple H yeah. come in, cost Owens, or cost Rollins the championship, rather, and then disappear for like six months. And it's like, why wouldn't Seth be more concerned with the fact that Triple H just beat the hell out of him a few, a few months ago on Raw? And we didn't see Triple H again until like January or something. So I would hope that that we see Triple H, whether it be at Hell in the Cell or at Survivor Series, that they would keep him on TV as a regular. Not to say that he needs to be on TV in every single segment, because that's what killed Raw a few years ago. And having Stephanie and Shane and the Authority all over the fucking show... But um, yep. to th- steadily build towards an Owens and Triple H match at WrestleMania. And like you said earlier, you hit it, the nail right on the head when you said people want to cheer Triple H anyway. The guy's a great heel, he's always been a better heel. But between the NXT stuff, and how can you boo a guy who comes out of the finals of the Mae Young Classic, which we'll talk about in a few moments? How can you boo a guy who's like endorsing Kyrie Zane or something, you know, like something like that? He comes off like such a likable character on NXT. On the May Young Classic and on shows like that, yet he's on yeah. Raw as a heel. It doesn't there's really no uh, you know consistency there? It's weird. So hopefully they do yeah. book Triple H as kind of the baby phase who, in the end, puts over Owens. I would hope at WrestleMania, but that's a little later on down the road. Now before we get to the May Young Classic, you mentioned Survivor Series there, and obviously they tried to make the pay per view, and we're about two months away, but they tried to make the pay per view a big bigger last year, and doing the Raw versus SmackDown <laughs> stuff and Brock and Goldberg and. Whether it was a good show or not is up to people's you know, own opinion. That's up to them to decide. This year, um, I read this morning. Now, Sportskeeda reported this. They're not always the most reliable with news, so take this with a grain of salt. But it was reported that they might be planning a John Cena versus Undertaker match in Houston, Texas. Now, this goes back to the argument of whether Taker should be retired or not. Because obviously, he went out at WrestleMania in perfect fashion, I thought, at the end of that show... Why would you bring him back when he didn't look all that good in the ring to begin with, um, going into WrestleMania 33, and even prior to that at the Royal Rumble? I mean, you were there. You saw him at the Rumble. Maybe you have a different perspective. But is that a match? If you go to Survivor Series, Brandon, is that a match that you would want to see, and is it even really necessary at this point?
1: Uh, well, two thoughts. Um, the only reason why I'd want to see it is to further the storyline with Roman Reigns if this match wasn't going to happen. What you do is you have one of two come out, and, you know, John Cena's all like, you know, uh, I'm, the, I'm the best ever, da-da-da-da-da. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start phasing my career out, and Undertaker comes out. Well, his, I'm the one person you haven't beaten since you became a big shot. And then he beats Undertaker, and then you have, okay, well, I'm Roman Reigns. I beat the Taker. Well, I'm John Cena. I beat the Taker. Who's the better of the men? Let's do, this, let's do this at WrestleMania, you know? Let's get the Roman Reigns-John Cena match everybody wants to see. But I think if you're going to have, if you're gonna have well, you know, Roman Reigns and John Cena on a pay-per-view coming up and the Undertaker coming out, there makes no sense. Like I, I don't, I don't see that. I think WrestleMania was his time to go. I know people saw uh, people tweeting pictures of Undertaker at some at SummerSlam, and you know, and, and the internet starts stirring up, and the, the, the websites started picking it up, and everything like that. I think it's one of those things. He just needs to. He just needs to go. You know, be, you know, maybe come out once in a while and do like, you know, come out, you know, do like a. It's even hard to do that because he's just a mysterious character, and you yep. know, in, in, in an era where kayfabe is pretty much non-existent, The Undertaker is that last remnant that I have when I was six years old, and my first, my first ever time watching wrestling was Summer uh, Survivor Series 1990 when uh, when um, uh, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan had their hands raised. I'm like, what is this? So I always take my my love of wrestling back to that one show. And saying even though I didn't, I didn't watch that match live. I saw the end of the pay per view. I have this like this correlation with his career in WWF and WWE. So I don't want to see this happen. I think he just a stay. with a mysterious creature. He'll come out. He'll he'll do the he'll do his Hall of Fame thing. Maybe break kayfabe in that acceptance speech. But let him be. He, you know he's 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 in no shape to wrestle. You know that women's match was it was pretty poor. You know mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, you know, it could have been a lot better. It wasn't you know on the levels of the CM Punk matches or even some of the, the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 30. But I just think it's one of the things where he just needs to stay. You know, maybe you know, obviously not going to be an agent. You know, but maybe use him. He's a very creative mind, and I think you can use that on the creative team. You know, but don't mention it to people. You know, don't. I don't want to see him come out like Adam Pierce or Jamie Noble and and uh, and you know, Jimmy Jacobs like oh, Well, I'm 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 a writer and I'm a talent guy and I'm an agent and I'm gonna come on Raw and you know, he just needs to stay there and you know, be a big force in the creative team. So I don't want to see I don't want to see him there. But if it were to happen. You know it, it, it's going to happen. You know, you know, Vince goes for those quick, those quick, uh, quick matches. He wants, you know, he wants to build it. It buys, but this is a WWE network, you know, and you know, they're stagnant at that 1.2, 1.3 million subscriber rate. Is that really going to move the needle? People, you know, people are getting these free free trials. I know a lot of people who get these free trials and then they create new, new accounts. And then there needs to be a way to prevent that, you know. But that's obviously on the financial side and the operational side of the network. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to move the needle. You know, people have the network; they're going to watch it. You're not going to pay-per-views with this. So if this was, you know, you know, 10 years ago, yeah. But right now, don't do it. Let them let let stay retired. Unless it's going to further the Roman Reigns-John Cena angle. But obviously, it's not because you're going to have John Cena and Roman Reigns in a few weeks. Well, it should be a WrestleMania match. But they're cut, you know, and, you know, it's a fact pay-per-view, which is great for a B-level pay-per-view. But this is something, you, you, uh, the Roman Reigns-John Cena should have been saved for WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I like to think myself as a traditional wrestling fan, and then I like to see the big matches saved for the big shows, whether it be a Survivor Series, a Rumble, or especially WrestleMania. Now, they just did John Cena and Braun Strowman with literally no prior hype, other than when they threw it up on Twitter like a few hours before Raw. They did that on Monday. They've done Cena and Nakamura on free TV, which they did at least advertise a week in advance, but you've already done Cena Nakamura. (laughs) You've done Cena Corbin. You've done all these Cena matches. They almost did John Cena versus Samoa Joe a few weeks ago. Had Samoa Joe not gotten hurt, which is why he's not on TV right now. But now they're doing John Cena and Roman Reigns at No Mercy. Now, there could be a a shit finish, a fluke finish, where they have Taker come out and do a no contest, or maybe Cena wins, and they build to Roman, beating Cena down the road to WrestleMania. I think they'll probably just have Roman win and then have Cena move on to the next feud or take time off until Survivor Series or after that fact. I'm not exactly sure, but I agree. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know who else you could possibly put Cena up against the WrestleMania that would be a bigger match than either him and Roman Reigns or him and Taker, but the, the Taker train has already left the station. That they wanted to do the Cena-Taker match, it should have been either this year, which they had the opportunity to, and at one point I believe it was planned for the show before they scrapped it and did... Taker and Reigns instead or you could have done it a few years ago but at this point they have missed their opportunity to do it at this point I mean again like you said it's not really going to move the needle I mean Survivor Series has been so heavily damaged over the past couple of years that I just don't think people will take it seriously as a main event why they wouldn't do it at WrestleMania I have no idea but yeah the Cena Reigns thing is a weird situation I don't know who goes over in that scenario I would think Roman grows over, because Cena's gotten the better of him on the mic on every single occasion they've gone face-to-face in recent weeks, but it's such a weird situation right now. I mean, the fact they're burning through all these John Cena dream matches, so to speak, every single week, just hot-shotting every big marquee match he could be a part of is wasting his value, and I don't know when he's leaving next, but when he comes back, you'll have no one to face. Uh, So as of right now, Brandon, if you had a choice in the booking for WrestleMania 34, we're about six, seven months out, but who would you put Cena up against? And who's a WrestleMania-worthy opponent for John Cena uh, next April?
1: Honestly, like, like, you, like you mentioned a minute ago, you know, they're blown through these feuds. I think Roman Reigns should have been a great WrestleMania opponent. These promos leading up to it, um, even though, like, like I mentioned a minute ago, k Tape is pretty much broken. We mm-hmm. know these guys are buddy, buddies in the backstage. We know that Twitter's around. So all these tweets they're doing are just, you know, are, they're, they're trolling the audience. We know, we know these guys are buddies. We know that they're you know. We know this stuff isn't real. We, we um, you know, Vince tries to, you know, Vince tries to input these little smart mark comments, you know, to get the, you know, to get the marks, you know, all fired up. But we, we know it's fake. And I, I feel that was really the only real match you could have had. You know, you can do, you know, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, but we've already seen that. You can do John Cena versus Nakamura, but like I said, we've already seen it. You can do it against Kevin Kevin uh, Kevin Owens, but we've already seen it. There's, mm-hmm. there's only so much that John Cena can do. Last WrestleMania. Uh, and I was disappointed that there was, you know, him and Nikki Bella versus uh, uh, Miz and Mrs. Miz. But it's one of those things where, you know, that that, that had a different motive. That was, all right, well, John's going to propose. We're forcing him pretty much to propose, even though, you know, you know I, I don't want to support Bella. I know you, you're a fan of that show a little bit. Um, and, you know, I know they wanted, you know, to do that, you know, to, to put that over. And that was, the, you know, the ultimate goal. But there's, there's, there's only so much that you can have John Cena do. You know, um, you know, Braun Strowman was, was a giveaway that match. You could have had that for the title. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could have had, you know, somehow John Cena gets the title, you know, one last time, you know, to, to do the record for the most championships. And then, you know, you, you can put Braun over one, two, three. That would probably have been the most logical choice. But you've already done that. Is Samoa Joe and John Cena a WrestleMania main event? Yes, it is. But, you know, if, for the casual audience, they don't want to see John Cena versus the fat Samoan guy. You know, like mm-hmm. that's just how the, the, the casual, fan, casual fan sees it. So it's one of those things where, you know, I think they back themselves into a corner, um, you know, especially now that he's supposed to be a part-time guy, but yet I think he's still doing live events and he's still doing all these Raws and he's fighting all these guys on Raw with with, with little no little to no hype. I think you're, you're diminishing the part-time uh, aura of John Cena. And, um, you know, like I really, really don't see what they can really do that's going to stand out unless they, can, unless they bring, you know, unless, you know personally me, I'd love to see Adam Cole versus John Cena. But Adam Cole is probably about six, seven months away from the main roster, you know, and 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 you'd really have to push Adam Cole big in NXT to bring him up to the main roster and then do that. But we saw that with Kevin Owens and what happened, you know. Kevin Owens got to push out of that that feud coming up uh, coming at NXT and beating John Cena for the US title, but you know, you know, you can't recreate that magic again, you know. Mm. So it's really, really, really hard, uh, you know. I, don't, I, you know, unless somebody can come back, who you know, Batista or CM Punk, which isn't going to happen. I just don't see a WrestleMania main event right now out of John Cena. But I could be thinking differently. You may have a different opinion.
0: Yeah, just there's no one in the roster that stands out. Like you said, Samoa Joe would be a great match, a great main event uh, for WrestleMania. But Joe just lost twice to Brock Lesnar between Great Balls of Fire and SummerSlam. And now he's out hurt. And all that momentum that kind of built up for him has been kind of lost for the most part. And Strowman they just did on Monday, they could always go back to it. They could always go back to the Reigns match, depending on what the finish is at No Mercy. They have options, but just nothing stands out as a WrestleMania-worthy match for John Cena. And now, if you told me a year ago that we would be getting John Cena and Nikki Bella versus Miz and Marisa at WrestleMania 33, I would have called you crazy, and that sounds stupid. But the feud had been built up so well, it was kind of okay, and it made sense, and it did the whole they did the whole proposal, whatever. They did it for the show, like you said. Um, so I don't know. I don't even know when John Cena's leaving next. I don't know if he's taking time off after No Mercy. And if he is, it would make the most sense to have uh, Roman Reigns go over, who is, I don't know, just, it, it's a weird situation with John Cena right now. I really don't know where they go with him beyond this pay-per-view match with um, with Roman Reigns. But I guess we'll see. But also, speaking of No Mercy, at that show, we're about a week and a half away. Um, another big match on that show. It's like WrestleMania coming early. They have for the Universal Championship Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman. Now, it was reported this week that it's pretty much confirmed that Brock's winning, which isn't really a spoiler because we already knew that anyway, that Brock was retaining the title. Do you think that WWE will continue on with their plans, Brandon, to do Brock and Rowan Part 2 after WrestleMania 31 at WrestleMania 34 for the Universal Championship? And in your mind, do you think it would work?
1: Well, I hope, you know, since New Orleans is only about a nine-hour drive, um, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't go to WrestleMania 30, so I would love to attend this WrestleMania. Um, but it's one of those things where we've already seen it. Um, you know, uh, Roman Reigns will have to go in there being the heel, you know, de facto, because of the way the crowd is. I really think people want Braun Strowman because he's the, the guy. Even though I think he lacks in you know in ring ability, he is a big guy. You know, he has the personality and the charisma. <clears throat> so I'm glad that you know that we're building main event stars out of out of out of bigger guys like this. I just, you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, I don't want to see Brock Lesnar have the title that long, even though it gives, you know, it gives, you know I, I like somebody having a title for a long time. You know, if he won it at WrestleMania, if he had it for a year, that's great. You know, we need to see, you know, mm-hmm. we, we have had a long, a really long title run since CM Punk. Um, but I don't think Brock Lesnar's is the guy that could do that. I'd like to see Braun Strowman, you know, win, you know, win the title at a small people view. But then you got to think, what, where does Braun go from there? He's already beat Cena. He's, you know, he's already dismantled Samoa Joe. He's already beat you know, Roman Reigns on numerous occasions. So he would be maxed out to what he can do. You know, let's bring somebody up from NXT, which I don't think right now anybody who in NXT would suffice to go toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman to really get that, that face mentality. Well, let's rally behind the face because Braun Strowman is too much a heel face right now anyway. But, you know, if they're going to do it, that's okay. As long as they stack the the card up, um, and you know, and, and, and you know, do a couple, do some multi-man matches. You know that you know, the high-flying stuff, the ladder stuff, whatever they're gonna do, that'd be okay. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, Roman Reigns probably will be the winner. But when once Roman wins, if he does win that match and becomes the champion, you guys think what else is that for him? What else is left for him to do? He's already been, he's already been the champion. You know, like he 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 can't, he'll, he'll go against, he can only go against John Cena so many times. He can only go against Braun so many times. Are you going to bring Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose back up to main event level to go against them? Are you going to do some brand switching to get other people in? So having him as champion doesn't, you know, doesn't, you know, uh, do anything. But I do like the consistency of keeping somebody in the main event, like it Reigns, a very long time, because you have as obviously we see with, like, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins and, and all these, and, you know, the former champions, they become a champion. Then there's a cycle where they get back down to the mid-card. We see AJ Styles. AJ Styles will be one of those people who's always in the main event. Even though when he wrestles, he isn't in the main event, you know, you always get that drop down. Okay, let's come to mid card and then see what's up. And, that, and that's what happens. When you have too much talent. You know, like mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and all these guys. There's so much talent there. Those guys should always be in the main event picture. But the way we hot shot these masters and the, and all the programming going back to you know over centuries of product, you have to you you have to do do recharges and and shifting back down to the bottom. And you know, so I I you know there may be more few possibilities with with Roman Reigns than there would be Braun Strowman, but you know some, so, you know, it's, it, it's just really hard. It's probably going to happen, let it be. But, you know, I, I, I know people don't want to see it, you know, because they know, you know, just like WrestleMania 32, that Roman is going to be the champion, and he's probably going to get out drive the building again, especially being in somewhere like New Orleans, where you're going to get, you know, 7, 7,000, people, you know, people from all over the country, you know, all over the globe. They're going to be doing Roman Reigns. Does, the w, does WWE want that? Unless they really do something to solidify him as a heel, which, you know, it's like John Cena. It's probably not going to happen. Look at that! That that edge. But he's not gonna. He's not gonna be heel. It's never gonna happen. It's just like John Cena. Like they love him. The girls love him. The kids love him. So it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. You
0: know. Yeah. If they haven't turned Roman heel by now, they're not gonna turn him heel. At least not anytime soon. They would have done it. They would have had at least a dozen other opportunities between now and when he initially won the Rumble back in 2015. If they hadn't done it by this point, he'll probably never turn heel as long as he's a main event guy for the foreseeable future. So. I mean, they've got options with him too, but in my opinion, a lot like you said, that hot shot booking and doing these big matches on Raw with no hype whatsoever is what kills the product every single fall because they want those ratings. They want those ratings when they go up against Monday Night Football and their contract, I think with USC Network, is up, I believe, in the spring of next year. So they really (laughs) want to get those ratings up. Yeah, so they they really want to boost ratings, but how will people know to tune into the show that if you're giving away Cena and Strowman, Literally, just away way on that show. Like, if you're not, if you don't have a Twitter and you don't follow WWE on their Twitter account or on Facebook, then you have no idea that they're going to be doing that match on Raw that week. Unless they advertise it a week out, which they've done a better job of recently, especially with SmackDown. SmackDown this past week, they advertised the three title matches and Mr. McMahon coming back. And I don't know what the rating was. I would imagine it would be up. Um, it was a pretty good show, too. But they just got to be. You know, uh, they just got to be conscious of that going into the fall because it seems like every single fall season the product sucks because they always give away these big matches on Raw and the pay-per-views don't mean anything. So, no mercy has potential. Again, we're about a week and a half away from the show. They got two very big matches on that pay-per-view, so we'll see how it plays out in the weeks ahead. But we mentioned the May Young Classic earlier, and then that's been taking place for the past few weeks now in the WWE Network. It was taped back in July, they did the whole Netflix style where they put up the first four episodes on the Monday before Labor Day, then the next four on Labor Day in the finals this past Tuesday after SmackDown, which went a lot better than I thought it would. The match was as great as expected. Uh, the crowd was a lot better than I thought it would because with 205 Live, you're not the only one. Very few people watch 205 Live nowadays. I know I'm in the minority in saying that I watch the show, but... The live crowd is very much dead more often than not after SmackDown ends, so I'm very glad they were invested in the action and whatnot. And like I said earlier, Kyrie Sane is the new Mae Young Classic winner, and I believe it was announced that at TakeOver Houston, which you talked about earlier, if you go to TakeOver in a couple months, it's going to be Kyrie Sane contending for the NXT Women's Championship that was given up by Asuka a few weeks ago. Uh, so did you see any of the Mae Young Classic, Brandon, and is there anyone that stood out to you as people they should sign if they haven't already?
1: I know I'm being a bad podcast guest, but I haven't been able to watch any of it. I did read the results. I I saw some of the clips. Um, I I was very disenchanted with the with the with. I thought they were going to do a lot more with some of the some of the ladies they got. You know, being uh you know being somebody who tends to go to about maybe maybe two or three indie shows a month here in Texas. You know, uh, especially Wrestle Circus, which is you know a cheap plug for them. But you know they they're booking Santana and Tessa Blanchard a lot. And I thought that they could have done something for those two ladies because those two ladies are very athletic, they're gorgeous, and you know, and obviously, Tessa uh, uh, Blanchard has her dad uh, Tully, who's one of one of my all-time favorites. Um, I think they could have done something more with them, but obviously, there's you know, there, there was some better uh, athleticism from some of the other ladies. Um, you know, I would have liked the match, you know, the finals to you know determine the winner, uh, you know, of the new uh, of the women's championship. Um, but you know, going back to the Takeover. Um, you know, I really, you know, uh, seeing Ember Moon pretty much start up out here in Texas and being very green and working uh, River City Wrestling and uh, NRT Championship Wrestling up in Austin and seeing her work as Athena, um, I, was really, I was really bummed that she got hurt. Um, originally, I think it was like the takeover, and the Royal Rumble takeover, where it was, uh, there was some talk about her beating Asuka for the title. And then you had that horrible match with Peyton Royce and Billy, Billy Kay and all, and, and that match um, and the girl from Sanity. Um, but you know I I really thought that maybe they could have Ember Moon be throwing Oscar and had Oscar go on her way but obviously she got hurt and she still won anyway so even that even getting hurt it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have changed anything um, I just you know I just really you know I like that they're putting they're giving this the winner an opportunity but now you know now every, per, every person that's already fought Oscar is getting you know opportunity to be in this match to take over so you know Obviously, you know they're going to put you know the winner of the Mae Young Classic over because you don't have this tournament and have them go over and then not win the title at the next takeover. So I think somebody like Ember Moon is really getting the short end of the stick. She should be the face of the NXT Women, um, especially how much she's grown she started out out here as a as a, as a young lady wrestler. Um, so, you know, there there is potential. Um, I, I hope to get to the Mae Young Classic here, you know, the full thing here in about a week or so. Um, because, you know, just like the, the U.K. tournament, I, I, I watched it later on, you know, after I knew it, everything had happened. So, you know, it kind of sucked because I already, I already knew what was going to happen and who won. But, you know, it, it doesn't take away from watching great athleticism from the female competitors. But, you know, um, they're going the right way. Um, I do think Oscar should have went to SmackDown um, because I think, there's you know, they need more star power there because Charlotte's kind of gotten left in the dust. And Charlotte, you know, was the, one of the main segments on Raw every week. And now she's kind of the backbone. But that's going back to how I was talking about resetting from, a, from, from being a media player, you know. And then, you know, having Natalia win and feuding with uh, Naomi. It's one of those things where I think Asuka can get lost in the shuffle more on Raw because it's such a long program with more dominant male storylines. I think she would have been, you know, a bigger benefit on SmackDown. Um, you know, I know I kind of shifted away from the young class, you know, to that Asuka Raw talk. But, you know, I don't know what your opinions are on Africa and the the, the Mae Young tournament and, you know, the, the, champ- the lack of the winner winning a championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, they all kind of go hand in hand. The whole entire women's division, I think, now is stronger than it's ever been. That kind of goes without saying. But you have talent between Charlotte yeah, yeah, and Becky is. who aren't even on SmackDown. Like, Becky hasn't been on TV in weeks. Charlotte has not been on TV in weeks. And I know the whole Ric Flair situation, he's out of the hospital, she was off TV to go care for him, but... He's been good now for a while. She was backstage at SmackDown, I think, two weeks ago, and she's been backstage at SmackDown for a while now. She's working the live events, so she's good to go. They're just not using her, which is weird. Like you said, she goes from main eventing Hell in the Cell around this time a year ago to now doing nothing. Like, it would be one thing if she was on TV winning squash matches or feuding with God knows who, Carmella or Tamina, God forbid, but someone along those lines. And now she's not even on TV. But going back to what you were saying with Asuka and she's going to Raw, which is cool, and I'll get your opinion on that in a second. But yeah, I think it's cool that they're giving Sane an opportunity to be in the the, the NXT Women's Championship match, a takeover, as opposed to just giving her the championship. Because if they just gave her the belt out of the Mae Young Classic, like you said, I feel like it would be kind of a slap in the face to the rest of the NXT Women's division that's been there between Peyton Royce and Ember Moon and Nikki Cross and all the other women. Um, I do think they have yet to announce they watched NXT last night. Regal said they still, have, that they still don't know what they're doing with the end of the tournament uh, to determine a new champion, excuse me. So I know they're having tapings tonight as of this recording on Thursday night, so we'll see what they do. I'm sure it's going to be revealed there. Um, but I would imagine they're going to have some sort of mini tournament between the NXT women or a battle royal or something and have Ember Moon win. And I don't know if... That's a tough situation. Like, do you have seen win coming out of the finals? Or do you would have Ember Moon win the championship after already losing to Asuka twice over WrestleMania weekend and SummerSlam weekend? And also the fact that she's from Texas, like you said. So I think it's kind of a... It makes sense. Like, third time's the charm. She wins in her home state. She wins the championship. So I don't know really where they go from here. Um, but it's a good time to be a fan of women's wrestling between the stuff going on right now in the Mae Young Classic... Uh, in in the NXT women's division, Asuka going to Raw, the SmackDown women's division has talent who they're not really using, but they have all the players there. Uh, So it's cool. But, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out the tourney. Maybe not every single episode, but there are a few matches that are certainly worth checking out. Like you said, we talked about earlier, uh, Tessa Blanchard, Santana Garrett, uh, both had standout matches in the first round. They were knocked out pretty early by uh, Kairi Sane and... Forgot who Santana lost to. I think Piper Niven. But they both had great matches. Yeah. I read something last night that said, or maybe this morning, that like the status of the women in the tournament, as to, you know, as to where they stand in terms of being signed. And Santana was not even on the list. And Blanchard, I don't think, had been offered a contract yet, which blows my mind because she's one of the best players out there on the indie scene today. And Santana Garrett has been great for years. So I don't know why they haven't offered a contract to her. So. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, before we move on from the women's wrestling talk, any thoughts on Asuka going to be Raw brand? Uh, Brandon,
1: uh, like, I, like I had mentioned before, um, I think you know I think she she would would gel better on SmackDown. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you feel the same way, but I feel that um, WWE needs to recreate this NXT magic with, with, with the women. You know, with Bailey and Sasha. You know, their feet, I think all very flat. And then, you know, Alexa Bliss and the Nia Jax thing doesn't really appeal to me. You got the big, the big dominant face against a little bitty heel who's going to find ways to get out, get out of the match or befriend the, 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 the bigger face. So I feel that, you know, I feel that, you know, Oscar would have probably done better on SmackDown because they need the star power. So John Cena's gone, you know, and, you know, obviously it seems like, you know, you you, know, you, you go to SmackDown and on, on the wall side, you get lost in the shuffle to the, to the big main event males. But then on SmackDown, you know, you only you only have a two-hour show, so there you know there's less plays making there for for the women, and you know a lot of times you're only getting one segment compared to Raw. but right now, I think if I, if I I watched a few weeks ago, and there was three or four segments where the women were involved. But you know, it's one of those things where I just uh, I feel she would have been better on SmackDown. Um, and uh, you know, and and on a side note, I do want to mention that um you know you know I I know you don't follow the Texas indie scene a lot, but. Um, there actually was a there's a there's a wrestler named Dil- Delilah Doom. Uh, she she was a she she was a jobber a few times on SmackDown against Nia Jax think it was. She has blue hair, very like punk rocky look. Yeah yeah um, I remember her you may yeah. Have seen her yeah she, she's huge out here. She's doing a lot of stuff. Um, I think she she went to a few uh, uh, NXT Takeover seminar, uh, NXT seminars when they have come to Texas and whatnot. She's really somebody to look out for. And I think who can who should have been in that tournament. Um, You know, especially since she already had, you know, the the experience of, you know, you know, being on SmackDown and Raw Um, So I really think that's somebody we we should really look out for uh, besides Tessa and Santana Garrett Uh, Because the indie scene right now these women are working and you know And they and a lot of these girls are pretty but they're also able to work And I think now that the indie scene and a lot of these promoters want to replicate what's going on in NXT and in WWE So there's a lot of good females out here in the Texas area there's a lot of good ones coming on the East Coast too you know it's, there's a lot of good quality female talent and I think you know these next five years I'd like to say there's gonna be a women only show on the network just constantly you know because you know I feel like I, I feel like needs to be two hours every week because yeah, I feel like a lot of people get lo- a, lot, a lot of the, a lot of their storylines get lost you know like cash Sono, you know should be a big player but you only see him once every two or three weeks you mm. know and it, it's hard to you know with that one hour a week it's hard to get everybody on the show. You know, so I I feel in the next couple of years, I think we're going to see a a, a female-only show, which I think, you know, what w- w- would help the women out a lot more. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, NXT can go to two hours here soon because they're just missing an opportunity. I think they get more eyeballs because I get lost when I watch NXT, and I'm all like, oh, what happened to this follow-up? Oh, well, they taped it before the, the takeover, mm-hmm. So now they have to play these three matches. So they have to wait two weeks from the takeover to see what happened, you know, the follow-up. And I And I really think they could really, you know, pack these two hours in a week, but... You know, that, that's a little sidetrack from, you know, from the Oscar stuff. So, sorry about
0: that. <laughs> no, no, I would say the same thing. I mean, I've been saying for years, I think NXT is perfect as a one-hour show, but at the time that I was saying that and people were petitioning, like, when NXT was super hot, and, and it still really is relatively hot, but, like, two, three years ago when they had Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, was still down there, and in Charlotte, and Bailey, and Becky, and all the other people, uh, about two, three years ago, and people were saying, oh, this should be two hours... They didn't really have the roster at that time to go two hours, but I believe now the people are like getting lost in the shuffle because the show is that stacked. Like you said, like Cassius Ono should be a bigger player, but between him, Drew McIntyre, now they just brought in three new people at once between Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, which is awesome because all three of them are terrific. And I'll ask them, I'll ask you about them in a second. Um, Alistair Black and all these other people. And now Bobby Rouge is left and Roderick Strong still there and Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso champ is hurt right now. They have a really stacked roster and it seems like they don't have enough time for all these people. Um, now that the women's division is getting bigger too, it might be a good idea. And even moreover than that, I think if they tape the show live, and I'm not sure why they don't. I know they have the funds for it um, to tape it live at a full sale. I don't know if it's a taping thing. I'm not exactly sure, but if they did the show live every single week, I think it would make the show more must-see. Because when you have the show taped once a month, and the spoilers get out that Asuka is going to Raw or something a month ago, like that should have been airing on TV a while ago. So that's something they could also work on. But like I said, Adam Cole's now in NXT. Uh, I know someone that who, have, who has followed his career, you Brandon. What are your thoughts on Adam Cole arriving finally in NXT after all this time?
1: Well, before before I mention the Adam Cole situation, I do have a buddy who goes to Full sale, mm-hmm. And I do know, and I'm sure you know, but maybe we just we just forgot about it, but WWE's commitment to Full sale is doing these peepings post-production so that the Full sale students can get um, uh, get experience doing post-production mm-hmm. for, for live events. So I do know that's a big reason why it's not live. Um, but like you said, the funds are there. They're, they're stationed in Orlando. Maybe if you did it once a month, but then, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I think it diverts, you know, it's like Ring of Honor, which I guess we can use into the Adam Cole thing. You know, Ring of Honor takes three, four, five weeks out sometimes. You read the results, you're like, eh, meh, don't so need to check it out. I tape it, I go through it, I'll match two stand out, you know, every couple of weeks and that's it. But Adam Cole, you know, I, I've been a big Adam Cole fan since 2011. I got back into wrestling when he was, uh, you know, teaming with Kyle O'Reilly. Um, and, you know, I, I love Adam Cole. I think he's probably, I think he's probably one of the best in the business. Um, at first, he started off, he was very green, you know, he had the look, he's got a great look, but I think, you know, I, I, I think him coming next NXT is going to be great for the brand. Um, I, I like that he's associated with, you know, like these ROH guys c- kind of taking over and being like, like a, like a 2000, you know, 2010, you know, NWO kind of coming from a different organization. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's how he need to perceive it to be. I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Um, I do, I don't like that the old Mac are going to hot shot him against Drew McIntyre, I, I I know I'm probably in in, in the in the, the, the weird the weird spot on this but I, I've never been drawn to Drew McIntyre. I don't like that he was on the main roster, then leaves and then comes back at NXT. It's all like why why would you sign up for that and come back and you know, you don't have to really hone your skills. Maybe then you did, you know, before you got released and when you're part of the three mb Yep. I just don't I don't see Drew McIntyre being anybody. That's just me. You know, I'm also, you know, there's some people who, you know, like, there's the, a the wrestler out there called Keith Lee, who I'm sure you know of. And, you know, he's he, great, yeah. He came from San Antonio. I don't like him, but people love him, and they love him. Like, I feel like the same thing about uh, Donovan Dijak. Yep. I don't like the guy. I don't see him being a big guy. Uh, you know, I see him being, like, a big cat. That's me. Back to Adam Cole. I think he can do big, big stuff in NXT, but I want to see how he's going to translate to the main roster because we see how great people get over in NXT. Like Nakamura, Bobby Roode, you know Mike. Like, even like, Mike, like I know he wasn't NXT, but Mike Bennett, you know mm-hmm. he comes he, he comes up, you know he comes up doesn't go doesn't go to NXT, has a has a decent debut and then gets lost to the shelf. I haven't seen Mike Bennett in a while. You know Bobby Roode. What's he like? Why why do I need to be invested in Bobby Roode? Well, because I know him from TNA and NXT. I need a, they need to find better ways to transition these guys to the main roster because everything it, it's a They go to the main roster, they're undefeated for months or years. Then they lose, or then they have a match, You know, like I just don't. See Bobby Bobby Root should be a main event guy on a Raw, at SmackDown, and like you know, and, and, and you got to look. But it's one of those things where the transition is so much harder because Vince is in charge, and Triple H has different. Like it's going back to the face, heel and face. Triple H, you got the great Triple H guy. You know, you know, doing great output to NXT. But then on, you know the, on the, on the, the main roster side. He's a heel, and nobody likes. It's kind of like how it is with the NXP and like, think the Victor man, and bringing these guys up. They just seem to fall flat. Like Nakamura is great. I know it's hard because the language barrier, but a lot of those, a lot of hardcore things you watch them in Japan. I don't want to say I've been watching them forever. I probably started watching them in about 2014 um, when the Bull Club thing came, and you know, I was like, oh, this guys really, really good. So I don't want to be one of these guys, like, you know, one of these, these Nakamura hipsters. I've been watching him for 15 years, and da-da-da-da-da-da. That's not the case. But, like, something like that, like, he should, you know, he should be a bigger presence. And I think this this feud with Mahal has been rushed, and he's going to win the title. And I said, okay, he's going to win the title. He'll be champion for a few months. Lose it. and Then what's going to happen after that? So I really think that if Adam Cole to be successful, he needs, like, they need to find a different edge with him coming onto the main roster. Because I think he's going to go to NXT pretty, pretty quickly, you know, but it's like the Finn Baylor. You know, he got that, 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 that Aurora. Oh, Justin Bailey's a great wrestler at NXT, da-da-da-da. Comes with the title, gets injured, and then now he's fighting, you know, uh, Samson on Raw. And losing to Bray Wyatt, and, you know, that's so all I get. he gets if, if he wants success, he needs to find a way to create his success and stand out. So when he's great for the main roster, he finds a niche that's different than anybody else, you know?
0: Do you find yourself caring about the Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt feud? I know you just mentioned it right there. we going from NXT to Raw, but I thought I would bring that up because I completely forgot that feud is even a thing. Are you invested in that thing whatsoever?
1: Not at all. And it sucks I really like Finn Balor. Yep. Um, he, I, I don't care about him anymore, which sucks because I really like the guy. But it's like Bray Wyatt, all these guys, are like I said a minute go, they all get called up. And very few people are sticking AJ Styles, which really wasn't go to NXT. Be like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I love Sami Zayn, and I love his underdog persona. And even though at first I was uh, upset about it, oh, he's never going to do anything. He's like the he's like the new poor man's Rey Mysterio. He's going to get some wins sometimes. He's going to lose a lot, but you know he's always going to have a good match. He has great upbeat music. You know my wife thinks we look alike. She loves Sami Zayn. Like she she has wrestling cards. She has. His, her background, her phone, Sami Zayn. She loves him. William love him. He's cool. He, you know, he's got an average body, so he has that very underdog, common man look to him. You know, so he's able to stick. But a lot of these guys, like they're not just, they're not sticking. And I think Finn Balor has got to that because now, like we said earlier, about John Cena being on and Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, he's pretty much gone the way of you know low mid card guy with Bray Wyatt, with you know with Seth Rollins and and and. Uh, Dean Ambrose into a lesser extent, Sheamus. these guys should be you know main event guys but there's only so many main event slots to go around and I think you know uh, Baylor just got lost in a shuffle and honestly you know I think in a couple of years it's going to come down to where he's going to go back to wrestling in Japan or going on the indie scene because I don't think Vince sees anything in him you know but that's that's me you know
0: I think he'll. I think he'll have his time. I know. Well, I think if they didn't see anything in him, they wouldn't have put the championship on him to begin with. Or had as hot of a debut as he did in beating Roman Reigns last year. He hasn't done anything this year. I mean, it's not like he's been. I mean, I can't even say he's been off TV because he has been at certain points. But like you said, he went from facing like Elias to the whole Bray Wyatt feud, and I still like Finn Balor. I'm not going to say I don't care about Finn Balor. I'm at that point with Bray Wyatt though. Uh, the whole Bray Wyatt yeah. thing. I, I've just gone on about it for years. It's that. Him more so than anyone else, even more so than a Balor or really any other NXT call-up, that he had the potential. I don't want to say to be the next Undertaker, but he had that kind of gimmick that it could last a lifetime despite what his in-ring ability might might be. But the guy, they've had him fucking lose every single feud he's been in, whether it was The Undertaker Uh or John Cena or Roman Reigns. It doesn't matter. He's going to lose every single time. So that that's yep. the whole thing with Bray Wyatt and I'm sure No Mercy's going to be no different. Not to say that Balor should lose, but they got to stop putting him in feuds that that people know he's going to lose. I know he beat Rollins a few months ago, but like who cares? So he he's a weird situation. I don't know if he's damaged goods quite yet, but he's quickly approaching that that territory and they could turn him babyface. They can give him that reset like you talked about earlier with the women on SmackDown. They could do that with Bray Wyatt by just turning him face, but they are somewhat, for some reason, hesitant to do so. So, again, I don't know what they're doing with him right now. The whole Balor feud just does not hold my attention. I've talked about it here on the show before, but I want to get your thoughts. Uh, in the same boat with me is Dolph Ziggler, I just could not give two shits about the guy anymore. And the whole re-debut gimmick is just doing nothing for me. But, again, that's just me. I want to get your two cents on it, though. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, I'm gonna follow the marks, and you know, I, I, I was, you know, when I came back into wrestling, he was like the Shawn Michaels. He was a guy having great matches, and he won the title, which is a great moment. That night at the WrestleMania, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously there there wasn't a long term plan, but that's his peak. You know, and then it really sucks if he has the athletic ability. I don't know if he's pissing somebody off backstage. You know, I know he's very political on the on, on the politics front, which I don't know. He he's never really set his side of the of, of the spectrum. But I know Vince doesn't really like his guys getting into politics. And he's doing, you know, he's doing, you know, comedy skits. He's doing this. <laughs> I've heard, and I don't know, you know, I hear this online, but I know he's a big fan of, like, the Pritchard show. And he tweets a lot to the Pritchard show. And he was actually on it uh, for, the, for the Houston best of episodes um, this past week. So things like that, you know, really pissed Vince McMahon off breaking that. That that, that the real life barrier I don't see like I think he's maxed out I know a lot of guys those always are like nah he's just a poor man Shawn Michaels yeah he, he, he's he's great at criticism but I think I think seeing him with the Miz for that you know he got some really good matches I think it was last year with the Miz is, you know, and I think even WWE Network has a section, him versus the Miz, all their matches. And that's really cool. And he's great with somebody like the Miz. But now, so like after Big E, after Big e kind of broke away from him and AJ Lee obviously uh, went the way of CM Punk, um, there's, just, there's nothing there for him. And like, no matter what he could do, you know, he, he, had the, he, had, he had the opportunities to be with Randy Orton and he's had numerous title matches. And there's nothing, we, we just know he's one of those guys who's probably going to be eventually, uh, uh, future Endeavor, probably in a couple years, you know, maybe even sooner than that. He's, he's a guy that probably would work better. Like, he reminds me of somebody could be like a, like a singles version of the Young Buck. Young mm-hmm. Buck's on the indie scene, make a lot of money, do the high spots, you know, don't wrestle the WWE style. But, you know, I, I, I think this time it's coming on. And, you know, it's, it, it's just hard because it's like, even for the mid-card slots, you know, you, get, you know, you're a main eventer and you get bumped down to the mid-card and there was at least somebody like Dolph Ziggler, you know, opening matches against like Shankara. You know, against you know, you know, against in English, Sami Zayn. There's only so much that he can do um, for the talent that he has. So, unfortunately, you know, I, I've given up on Dolph Ziggler too. I, I fast forward to my second. What three, four years ago wasn't the case, and I'm sure it was the same for you. You know,
0: yeah, same exact thing. The guy was a star in the rise three, four years ago when they first gave him the World Championship, and even before that, you go back to like 2011 when the guy was given the U.S. Championship, and he was getting over in matches with CM Punk and Sheamus and all these other guys, and. It just got to a point where you get tired of seeing the same guys get these opportunities and then see the rug just ripped out from right underneath them. Dolph Ziggler, Bray Wyatt, the list goes on and on. That's the same camp that Cody Rhodes, Bray Wyatt, Ryback were in for such a long time where they came close to getting that top title and then they just kind of lost faith in them and they gave up. Um, And now Cody Rhodes. I want to get your thoughts on this as we wind down here. Cody Rhodes is a guy that left WWE on his own merit about a year and a half ago, has gone out and has done the what? Culture promotion. He's done GFW, Ring of Honor. He's now the Ring of Honor World Champion. He's been in New Japan. I think Dolph Ziggler, maybe not to quite that extent, but could leave WWE and obtain obtain some success similar to that. Now, Cody Rhodes is 31. Dolph Ziggler, I think, might be 37. So he's a lot older. I mean, significantly older than Cody. So I don't know if he can follow in those footsteps. But I think Ziggler can be a much bigger commodity on the indie scene than he is right now in WWE when no one gives a shit about him. So hopefully he puts over Bobby Roode and then just kind of goes off on his way leaving WWE. But I want to get your thoughts on Cody Rhodes. What have been your thoughts on his rise to superstardom outside of the WWE on the indie scene?
1: Well, you know, uh, I was, you know I've seen some of his live event matches. He wrestled out here for uh, River Seed Wrestling um, about a year or so ago, right when he got done. Um, with WWE, I think I think uh, unlike Drew McIntyre, I think he's using this platform to come back as a major guy in, in the WWE. I think once Dusty, you know, once Dusty, you know, unfortunately passed away, um, you know, you know he was given that horrible Stardust gimmick which he didn't want to do, and you know I, I I think he had much more personality than that. I know he, he was he was soft on the mic for a while, but now he rocks his thing very well. He plays a great heel. I think he's somebody who, who he, he's a smart businessman. He's like, no, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna make a great name for myself, and then I'm gonna come back as a main event guy and win the title. Now you can now you can you can quote me on this. And like two and a half years when it happens, you can go back to this episode and say, I told you so. But before 2020, he will come back to WWE and he will be a main event player and win a WWE championship. I just he's 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 a smart businessman. He's he's making money, N D. he's he's making people desirable. He's making them like, hmm, maybe we maybe we fuck something up. Maybe, maybe there was something there that we didn't see all along. And now, when he was there, this whole NFT and great workership on the Indies wasn't as privileged as it is now. They're going to see that and be like, wow, we need Kobe back. What's it going to take? You know, it, it obviously it's not going to be a part-time schedule, you know, but obviously it's going to be something to where you know, I'm coming back here, but I'm gonna, I'm, I, I want to be a top guy. Like, I, I know I am. I got the most blood in me. Uh, you know, my brother was a, was a huge mid-card guy. I think I'm better than that. And I think he's paving the way. I'm not a big fan of the Bullet Club thing. I think the Bullet Club's kind of, kind of uh, been overdone at this point now for a couple of years, and everybody leaving, and Adam Cole going to WWE, and uh, you know the Gallows, and and Carl and Anderson and AJ Styles kind of leaving. I think it's kind of you know overstated. It's welcome, but I think he's he somebody who WWE's going to want, and they're going to reach out to him in the next year. So you know what? We, we fucked up. He made a mistake. Come back. We, we've got great plans for you. and You can be into that. He can. Be, I would say, you know, him and Roman Reigns, him and Roman Reigns now, will probably be so much better than Shield Roman Reigns versus Stardust job match that we'd see on Raw a few years ago. I think the potential is going to be there, and I think I think he'll be a Universal, which is a stupid name, or a WWE Champion, you know, before 2020 is up.
0: I think it's a lot likelier now than it was, you know, even a year or two ago, or I mean a year before a year ago, When we now that we have the brand split back. And I said this before, the funny thing is that Cody Rhodes left right before the brand split. And that's not to say they would have pushed him if the brand split came around. They hadn't been doing with anything with this guy for years. He had the Stardust gimmick for two years, and they didn't do anything with him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I know there were plans at one point. He's done various interviews talking about it, how when I think there was a plan at one point to have Cody Rhodes on SmackDown and Stardust and Raw, which doesn't even make any sense because we know they're the same person. It's so stupid. So I'm glad he left. I'm glad he's been successful. Like you said, I think he could have been a world champion a few years ago. I'll never stop going back to that moment. And people always tell me that Cody Rhodes was never over in WWE, which maybe for a large part of his career is true. But you go back to 2013 at that Money in the Bank pay-per-view. If you watch that show back on the network, People were going fucking crazy in Philadelphia for this guy to capture yeah. the briefcase. And they just never they never followed up on it. Now they did the whole tag team deal with Goldust and the Shield stuff, which was awesome. But on his own at that point, Cody Rhodes could have been a top tier guy. He could have been Mr. Money the Bank and not Sandow, who I liked, but they never did anything with him and then he eventually got released. Um, but I think Cody Rhodes could still be that guy. And unlike Dolph Ziggler, he's got age and time on his side. Like I said, he's only 31 years old, I believe. so, And he's been a huge, huge star in the indie scene. So I, I absolutely agree that at some point, probably even prior to 2020, I know he's talked about it before how... I think someone asked him, like, has he had any talks with WWE recently? And he said no comment, which to me means he absolutely has. And that's not to say he's going to be back by the Royal Rumble 2018, uh, but that means to me that he will be back at some point down the road. And he's Dusty Rhodes' son. They were never going to let go of him. They were never going to release him. He had to leave on his own, and which he did, and he's had uh, major success on the indie scene. So I completely agree. I'm pretty sure we will see Cody Rhodes back in WWE at some point in the not-so-distant future and hopefully as a world champion. Uh, but as we wind down here, Brandon, any other miscellaneous thoughts, any other topics you want to talk about as we wind down the show?
1: Um, GFW, f w haven't watched it no need to. I feel like you know, a TNA light. Um, you know, I you know, I, I'm pretty sure you watch it more than I do. I, I don't even get pop TV. I don't even bother with it. You know, uh, I I, I kind of watched a little bit of it when Damian Sand went over. But he fell into the he fell into the loop. I don't even know. I, I think like uh, I I remember the time. I remember 2011 when I got back in wrestling and TNA was hot. Billy Ray was a champion. Yep. You know, it was great. Aces and eight stuff. And you know that's never gonna happen. I feel you know, Jeff Jarrett led things may not be the best. Um, you know, uh, Ring of Honor, I think now it's kind of slowing down. You know, it's not as hot as it was. Besides Cody, I think Younger Card, you know, you know I just don't really care about Christopher Daniels and Frank Kazan anymore. You know, I'm Jay Lethal, I used to love Jay Lethal. You know, the Briscoes, I just think a lot of that stuff is kind of feasted and overstayed the welcome. So I think Ring of Honor really needs something to kind of get back to where it is. You know, and, you know, I, it, it just, you know, uh, you know support and support, you know, local wrestling, you know, that's where, that's where the stars are made on the indies. You know, uh, you know, buy shirts, buy merch. You know, do, do all you can. You know, because you know, uh, this indie scene is getting really hot right now. Um, and you know, like, somebody like Leo Rush, who I think is going to be a big star, but obviously he's going to get regulated to 205 and probably end up jobbing to uh, Enzo Amore. <laughs> but you know, the, the, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of guys out there that are really, really good that are, are getting their opportunity. And uh, you know, I think that you know, we we just need to kind of you know look, look look at everything and look at the big picture when, when, we, when we're at there at, rest, at indie wrestling events.
0: No, I totally agree. Leo Rush is a uh, star on the rise. I was super happy he signed with WWE. I'm, I'm glad he's hopefully going to NXT first, and they don't make the mistake with him. I hope and putting him on Two Five Live. Hopefully, by that point, the whole show has been scrapped and Enzo is not there anymore, at the very least. But only time will tell. And uh, yeah, one last side note, like you said, with Ring of Honor, the show, the the product is still good. And I mean, I'm not sure for me the air earlier when we started the show, but I still think the pay per views are blow away. Um, they're doing a pay per view. Oh yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, like I know they're doing a show next Friday. I think Death Before Dishonor, and the, and the card looks stacked. Yeah. And they always go all out with their pay per views. Kind of like NXT in a way. I think NXT is a bit better than Ring of Honor. They're all right. They have their top stars. They're perfectly set. Ring of Honor, though, a lot like NXT, though, is a feeder system not for the WWE. Where I mean, a year ago I was at a Ring of Honor pay per view, and it was great. It was All Star Extravaganza. I think eight, and it was in Lowell, Massachusetts. Their world championship match was Adam Cole and Michael Elgin. Now both guys aren't even there anymore. Adam Cole's in the WWE, and Elgin went over to Japan. Kyle O'Reilly, who beat Adam Cole for the belt, a final battle last year. Also another guy who's in WWE. It's a feeder system for the WWE, which is fine, but I never, I don't think they're going to get any bigger than they are right now, just because. They don't really have those those main event guys. Like, Jay Lethal's great. I still think that he could be a player in NXT if he signed. I think he should have signed about a year ago when he was first offered a contract, as opposed to staying with Ring of Honor, because he's done everything he could over there. He's already been champion for X amount of years. He's been champion before multiple times. Uh, so he doesn't really need to stay in Ring of Honor. They don't really have that guy to build around. Adam Cole was that guy. They have Cody Rhodes, which is awesome. But, like, when you think right now, I'll ask you this before we before we go off the air, Brandon. Is there any one guy right now that you could see beating Cody Rhodes for that belt? I mean, they put the belt on Daniels for a time, which was cool. He got his run. That's great. But he's back to being attacked, and team dude. Um, they're doing Shibata and Cody Rhodes, I think. Not Shibata. Maybe someone else. I don't know. But some Japanese wrestler. The Death Before Dishonor Honor show. Uh, maybe Suzuki. I forgot who it was. And that should be a good match. But I doubt they're going to have Cody drop the belt that soon. Dalton Castle's been talked about. I don't really see him as a main event guy. He's entertaining, but I don't see him as a Ring of Honor, world champion caliber competitor. Um, I don't know. There's just no one in the roster that stands out as who could be a top baby face for that company, and Kenny Omega's rarely there. Do you see anyone in the roster right now, Brandon, that you could see them building around at some point down the road?
1: The only one I really like, and I know he's probably like the Arn Anderson of, uh, of, of Ring of Honor but I like, I like Hangman Page I like him a lot I don't know if he has the charisma right now and I don't think he'll beat Cody Rhodes for it but I think he, he, he's, he's one of those guys like an Adam Cole in 2011 where he's, he's learning up he changed his name a little bit changes his attitude and he has potential but right now currently on the roster you know uh, and, uh, and I'm sure you've noticed this but once you're Ring of Honor champion very few times you're going to be a champion again yep. you, know, you know Ring of Honor is one of those one and done there's only been maybe like less than a handful of people who won the title twice, you know. So it's one of those things once you're a champion, you pretty much clap you know. So I don't really, unless somebody comes back, like a Davey Richard, which I don't think, I think he's retiring, or like a Roger Strong, or, you know, somebody like that comes back to the Ring of Honor after their deals up with NXT or WWE. I just don't see, you know, that, you know, I think Cody Rhodes can be one of those long term champions, you know. The good thing about him, he hasn't wrestled every live event, you know, he picks and shoots his live events, which is great. So he doesn't get like, stale from a from, from live event perspective. And, you know, now with, you know, with, with, their, with their Japan, you know, with the new Japan, at least, you know, you can get some really good matches there. You know, a like Kanahashi maybe, even maybe an Okada, you know, if, if they really want to, you know, really go for him and Okada on a, on a U.S. level. But, you know, and like a Kenny Omega. But those guys are making money in Japan. They're, they're royalty in, in Japan. Why come to America to go against the number, the, the number two promotion, which it's number two by a, a landslide. It's, it's nowhere near number one. It never will be. But, you know, it, it's hard because it's syndication television. They don't have live television. You know, they have reviews views once every couple of months. You know, no live TV. You know, they have, you know and Sinclair owns it, but they're not using it to its potential. You know, give it a live Thursday night slot, you know, for an hour. And they tape a bunch of shows after that. You know, give us something. Something we don't, we, we don't see spoilers on, you know. But, it's, you know, that's you know, Cody Rhodes' demand for right now. And it's smart, you know? you know. But him and Young Bucks are pretty much the, the guys over there. And I think it's going to stay out like that way for a while.
0: And one final question, do you think that WWE would benefit from purchasing Ring of Honor and putting their show on the network? Now, I know that was talked about a while ago, and it never came to fruition. I think it might have been just a rumor. I'm not sure how much, was to the, how much truth was to that rumor, but uh, could you see that being a possibility, and would you like to see that happen?
1: The only reason why I'd like to see it, not even for the, for the current wrestling, but for the library. Going back from mm-hmm. 2002 to 2011, you can tell so many stories with, with that footage, you can you can release it like a night nice, you know you can release maybe a couple episodes here and there you can do a lot with that library because there's a lot of those guys who come through WWE and NXT who got started there you can have and you can just use those for you can you can use that for storylines and yada 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 but yeah I I don't see a benefit of it Sinclair purchases it for the syndication second. you know I, the only time I really ever watched, you know CW or you know uh, the vocal CW station is on Saturdays at three o'clock and I tape like Ring of Honor you know so you know there's always that. But you know, I don't think it's gonna benefit WWE much. You know, Vince is you know Vince is stuck on what he wants to do, and it's just footage for him. It's just you know more of a monopolization. You know, um, I would like honestly for them to you know maybe purchase GFW mm-hmm. just to you know kind of maybe maybe put Jeff Jarrett on on the creative team. Even though Jeff and uh, I know Jeff and Vince you know don't like each other, um, but I think Jeff Jarrett by by purchasing that out, purchasing GFW out, you'd have some good minds. Maybe even bring a bad boost, pitcher, you know Jim Cornette. You know, and, and, and maybe use some guys for, like, NXT, you know, help, help them out with the promos and storylines. I think that would be more beneficial, you know, than Ring of Honor.
0: I think so. I think GFW, too, I mean, having their library on the WWE network would be really cool. I know they're starting up their own network. I don't know when it launches, and I think it's only 6 bucks, so I might actually check that out, if only for the old TNA footage and those old pay-per-views, like you said, with Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor is even worse, because you can't find those old pay-per-views anywhere. I know they sell the DVDs, but beyond that, like, who buys DVDs anymore for the most part? I know I do sometimes, but beyond that, no one watches DVDs, and none of their matches are on YouTube either, so it's a lot harder compared to even TNA or WWE. Yeah,
1: I I will tell you what, though, I I bought a bunch of Ring of Honor DVDs, and I've been making a killing on eBay. Like, I'm selling, really? I'm selling, like, uh, the first step before Dishonor. For like, I sold for 45 bucks a few weeks ago. <laughs> like, like, Evolve, like, Evolve 2. Uh, uh, I sold that for, like, o- almost 70 bucks. People want, people buy them to have them. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought a bunch of them. Was like, I got five bucks that shows at the library that, you know, they have, like, the clearance DVDs. You buy them, and three, four, five years later, they're obsolete. And people are like, wow, I want to see the best of J. Lethal. I want to see the best of, you know, uh, um, Adam Cole, and they're not producing more. Whoa, I can't get it anymore for, you know, so let me buy it. So you know, I'm, I'm making a killing on on the second hand market, you know. But other than that, you know, yeah, it's, it's you know, you, unless you got the subscription to Ring of Honor. And even then, I think they, they're like an on-demand service. They kind of set a date to take it off the on-demand service. So really, you're only getting stuff from the past 18 months or so.
0: Yeah, exactly. And at that point, you've already seen it through other websites and shit, so it's not even worth it, but... Yeah, so, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting time. I would still say it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. If you don't like WWE, you can watch GFW or Ring of Honor, New Japan, or all the old content. I think right now is as good of a time as any to be a wrestling fan. Like you said, it kind of goes back to what we've been saying multiple times. There's a lot of freaking wrestling right now, but you can pick and choose what you want to watch. And uh, it's always entertaining to talk about Brandon. It's been a long time since we had you here on the show. Hopefully, it's not such a long gap between the next appearance between now and the next time. Uh, but before we let you go, anything else you'd like to plug your Twitter machine? Anything else uh, you'd like to get out there?
1: Um, you know, my Twitter is at Brandon Dross, I think, or at Brandon underscore Dross. Um, You know, uh, you know, everybody. You know, hope everybody in you know in the in the Texas area and Florida, you know, can recover quickly. Um, you know, it uh, seems like the political spectrum is becoming a little more uh, center now with, with these tragedies. And it's making us a better nation. Um, other than that, you know, um, maybe, you know, hopefully, maybe Survivor Series or WrestleMania. Uh, I can come back on, talk about the live. You know, the live. I always love going to the weekend events. And my wife gives me my, gives me my allowance for those events. So <laughs> maybe I can do some, you know, some stuff on there and, you know, report back. Uh, but other than that, you know, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, it's, it's, it's great being on here. Um, you know, you've been a great buddy of mine, even though, uh, six years ago, I thought you lived in England. And, uh, <laughs> I'll always, I'll always remember that. I'm like, and I don't know if you remember that, but I was like, I thought you lived in the UK. Cause I remember the first tweets, like it looked like you were at your first event. I said it was like an England, England, England event. Mm-hmm. So in the first year of our friendship, I thought you were like lived in the UK. And that was always, <laughs> that, That's always a, know oh, oh, it's a fun story, but you know, um, it's, it's great being on here. And I, you know, I, I love the tweets and I love the hit remote stuff. You know, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the, ble- I, I, the Bleacher Report stuff, um, I, don't even, I, I think everything's linked to your other site now, so I don't I have enough to do bleach Report stuff anymore, but um, I do read the hero remote stuff, and it comes up in my LinkedIn feed, and I'll check it out, and, you know, uh, always good talking to you.
0: Absolutely, dude, always a great time talking to you. Yeah, it'd be cool if we had you back on in the, here on the show for Survivor Series weekend, if not WrestleMania. Now, I don't think I will be going. Actually, it's funny. You you were at the Rumble earlier this year in Houston. I've already got my tickets to go with my buddy RJ in January of next year to the Rumble, which I've never been to a Rumble before, so I'm really looking forward to it. And it's in Philly next year, which they've been there a few times in the past couple of years. Um, I don't think I'd be going to WrestleMania. I was there earlier this year, but it would be fun if only just to meet up with you for the first time, and by that point, seven years. So uh, time will tell. That'd be pretty cool to cross that one off the bucket list. But like I said, dude, always great talking to you, and uh, best of luck with grad school. Catch you down the road, dude.
1: You too, brother. Thanks.
0: Once again, big thanks to Brandon for coming here on the show. Long overdue. Here's hoping we can get him back here on the show for Survivor Series weekend, if not WrestleMania. We'll see. I still don't know my plans for Mania. I'm probably not going. I know last year I booked my trip literally like a month and a half before the event. So anything's possible. Uh, Right now, though, I do have my site set at NXT LOL, which is actually next Thursday. So I still have no idea how I'm getting there, but per usual, I will figure it out. So I will be at NXT Lowell, the live event taking place next Thursday. I'll talk about that. I, I should still have WrestleRant Radio up on time. Uh, so stay tuned for that next Thursday. And I'll talk about that more in a second. But NXT Lowell next Thursday, I'll be at hopefully Final Battle with um, with Noah in December, which is going to be emanating from the Hammerstein Ballroom, I believe, once again, in New York City. I've been there before for TNA shows, and it's fucking great, so I can't wait to be back Tickets go on sale tomorrow. If I can get tickets, here's hoping, fingers crossed, I will be there. And then finally, the Royal Rumble in January. So my sights are set on those three shows. I'll be at a Fozzie concert in October. So we got a pretty stacked next couple of months, if not a uh, an additional Rhode Island Comic Con coming up in November, featuring Batista, Freddie Prinze Jr., and a number of other stars from uh, Cross Entertainment. So... I'll hopefully be there, too. So it's going to be a busy next few months, but an exciting next few months. Speaking of upcoming shows, in the next few weeks alone, next Thursday, we got at Jamie Lee Mag. Jamie Lee back is back, baby, right here on WrestleRant Radio next Thursday for another great conversation. We're breaking down Raw, SmackDown, and doing No Mercy predictions. And then a week after that, two weeks from today, we got at Spencer Hunt for the first time ever on Rant Radio, a friend of mine, a friend of Noah's for many years. So he will be on Rant Radio in two weeks to talk No Mercy, review Raw, SmackDown, and much, much more. So, September for Rant Radio is stacked. Looking forward to the remainder of the month, if not the remainder of 2017. 2017 has been nothing short of a great year. Thanks to your amazing support. Continue to support the show and yours truly by finding me on Twitter, following me there at WrestleRant, finding me on Facebook, liking the page at facebook.com backslashgram.gsm.matthews. And on YouTube as well, youtube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And be sure to stay tuned for new episodes of Wrestle Rant Radio every single Thursday right here on nextairwrestling.net. So until next time, guys, have a great rest of your week and weekend. I'm Graham GSM Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road.